Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres get ready to wrap up their latest series against the Dodgers at Petco before heading out on the road for nine days. And hosting our program, it's Mike Janella, who's had yet another opportunity to bring some food in for a Sunday program. Right. The more out of my pocket that I'm spending, the less I like these ideas. Barbecue. Alongside Mike, it's Bill Center, who did not like it the last time Janella did not bring in food on a Sunday. You know, that sucked. Get it right. All right. And rounding out the crew, it's Ben Higgins, who knows what a host should be doing on a Sunday. You know, I, I, nice. I've sat in that chair a few times as well. So <laughs> he you, knows what he's you, doing. You've got to kind of set things up for the future. Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bill Center, and Ben Higgins. Happy Sunday and welcome to Padres Social Hour, a noon edition on a beautiful afternoon here at Petco Park as we get you set for a potential Padres sweep over the Dodgers with first pitch today at 140. Hey, I've got an idea. Why have Bill Center and Ben Higgins on the show when we can have a guy who last night comes back from the disabled list and has the moment of the night in the walk-off win, literally, Young Hervis Solarte and with his translator, David Longley. Welcome, guys. How you doing? I'm great. Uh, good, good. Everything was good after last night, and uh, we want to put you, vamos a empezar muy caliente in the Ooh. Cholula hot seat we're going to have Ooh. you guys. Because, yeah, Harris, you've been away for a couple of weeks, so now you're back. Um, have you ever had a more exciting walk in your life than last night? Bueno, básicamente que tú llevas dos semanas afuera, bueno, tres semanas afuera. Eh, si tú estás en un base por bola más excitante que la de anoche. No, y la verdad, contento. Como que más que, que bendecido llegar aquí al estadio y poder ganar un juego así de verdad poder apoyar al equipo brindar todo lo que lo que la puedo hacer de energía que no me gusta jugar así y, y ganar ya van dos juegos seguidos ahora vamos a seguir continuando los, los triunfos yeah no I mean it, it's great great to be back in the stadium I mean Oh, get some mic issues here. Ooh, here we uh, yeah, we gotta just yeah. There you go. If you could hold it, that'd yeah, be great. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. Sorry about that. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Dave. We're good. Um, I mean, just really great to be back in the stadium. Uh, especially, I, I mean, I'm blessed to be back. It's really great to come in and, and, and be able to do my job, do my work, and help the team win. Um, you know, bring the energy. That's what I like to do. So, um, we've got two straight, and hopefully, we can continue on from there. Now, for that walk yesterday, you weren't even that last pitch. You weren't even taking at all. You were stepping out of the batter's box. Were you surprised? That he actually missed the strike zone on that last one. Bueno, que en ese último picheo ni estaba en el cajón de bateo ya había salido, entonces estaba sorprendido de ese picheo que ni estaba cerca o no. No, 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 sorprendido. Yo, yo, yo podía hacer, o sea, quería hacer de, de, de salirme un poquito de home para ver si si él podía lanzar otra bola o poder concentrarse en ese picheo y, y no lo hizo. Me salió el home fue por esa intención de a ver si él podía, o sea, tratar de distraerlo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I left the, the, the box just to see if he'd be able to throw another strike, you know, hopefully to distract him a little bit, uh, see if he could concentrate on that pitch and get it in the zone, but he couldn't. Now you bring, you mentioned it before, you bring this kind of confidence, this swagger we saw in the celebration last night, that double play you turned in the field, pumping the fist. How important is that? Do you think about that as yourself, or is that you just being you when you come back and give this team that extra, that extra flair? Bueno, que tú tienes una, sorry, una cierta confianza ¿no? eh, con ese doble play, esa jugada. Eh, si tú crees que eso eh, es tu persona, tu ser, eh, si tú puedes comentar en la energía que tú traes. No, son cosas que, que de verdad me salen a mí en el momento. Me gusta jugar así. Siempre, lo, siempre he, he, he jugado así. Es una de las cosas que, 
que me ha motivado en mi carrera de llegar contento aquí al estadio, dar lo mejor de mí, esto es lo que yo amo y, y seguiré jugando así hasta que, hasta que mi carrera, o sea, como, como quien dice, ya, ya se acabe, que espero que, que dure mucho y continúe igual. The life of the team, and that they were so happy to have you back. When you hear something like that, how does that make you feel? Bueno, después del juego ayer, eh, Melvin dijo que, que, que tú eres la vida, o sea, la vida del equipo. Entonces, qué tan, qué tan contento eh, eso te hace sentir eh, sabiendo que un compañero de equipo dijo eso. No, mira, son cosas que, que uno como pelotero, uno, uno se da cuenta, de verdad, que hace sentir bien a uno en todo momento. Y cómo no, cuando uno escucha ese tipo de cosas, ese tipo de comentarios de, de, de un equipo, y más de tu compañero, tú trata de venir a, a esas dos líneas, a dar lo mejor de ti, pase lo que pase. O sea, si te va bien, es como todo, si no, como lo dije ayer, si yo no doy hit, no le voy a dar hit a nadie. O sea, es una cosa de que tengo que jugar para mi equipo, para mi equipo y dar lo mejor de mí. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's really great. It, it, it's great to hear. I mean, that, that's what you, you want to have, especially in a team setting, to, to have your teammates say something like that. It's really great. And that's, that's why you want to come and show up every day and play for your team and fight for your team once you're between those lines. Um, and it's like I said yesterday uh, in an interview um, that if I'm not getting a hit, nobody's getting a hit. So, you know, those are the types of things. You just really want to go out there and support each other. Now, I have to ask you, it was a, a hamstring you were dealing with when you were injured. Uh, Andy Green said that he saw two triples from you in El Paso. He was a little bit worried that you were stretching it too much. Was that, uh, were you having uh, any second thoughts about maybe trying to stretch it while you were down there too much? Bueno, que tú... Tú tenías eso de triple con, con la lesión esa de, de hamstring eh, y Andy Green eh, estaba comentando que él estaba un poco preocupado por los dos triples que tú dabas en triple A. Así que si tú pensabas en eso, que si, si tú estabas dando demasiado esfuerzo en ese momento o no. No, o sea, es cosa del juego, ¿entiendes? Uno, uno cuando está en el terreno uno no importa si te puede ver un poquito lo que sea, pero tú vas a jugar hacia adelante. Uno no, yo por lo menos en, en mi caso. Quise ponerle para ver cómo está en realidad y dejarle saber de que, de que puedo estar bien y puedo, puedo continuar ayudando al equipo. Mm -hmm. I mean, those are things that just happen in the game, you know, you can't, can't think about it too much. It, it might hurt a little bit, but you're, you're not really thinking about it, you're just going. Um, and at the same time, I wanted to push myself a little bit to really make sure that, that I was good. And you wanted to be fast art there, right? You wanted to prove that you had some <laughs> that speed back? <laughs> Tú, tú querías enseñarle que todavía, bueno, ya, ya recuperado la velocidad de esa. Ya por lo menos contento de que puedo correr y, y puedo hacer las pequeñas cosas de poder un doble. Y no queda a mitad como la vez pasada que me, que me lesioné, pero ya, gracias a Dios, ya, ya volví y ayudé al equipo en lo que más pueda. Ya, no, I mean, I, I wanted to make sure I could run. I wanted to be able to sure I could do it, you know, and just have to be back from, from the injury and, and here to help the team however I can. No, it's going to be, I mean, we've been saying you've been such a missing piece for this lineup uh, that has been struggling. So it's very great to have you back. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully everything now just keeps uh, picking up for you and you continue playing as well as you did as when you began the season. Yeah. Bueno, tú quieres... Bueno, eso fue como las felicitaciones al final, mm -hmm. pero sí. estoy diciendo que tú eres un, un, una parte clave mm -hmm. de este equipo. Bueno, estamos bien, bien contentos de tenerte aquí de nuevo y esperamos que tú sigas eh, jugando así y que el equipo siga ganando así.
No, ya, imagínate, ya estamos aquí ya feliz de estar con, con todos ustedes y, y dar lo mejor de todo. O sea, que dale, brindarle todas las emociones al público y dejárselo todo a mi Dios, que es el que puede todo, el que podamos salir adelante. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, can't even imagine. I mean, really happy to be back here. Uh, really great to be back and here with the team. Um, so thanks to the fans and, of course, you know, thank, thanks to God for... Um, Allowing me to be here. All right, well, Young Hermes, thank you. You're playing some second base now, so you're going to get that back into the rotation and batting cleanup today in the lineup. Mm-hmm. So right back into the mix. Ya está en la mezcla, jugando segunda base y bateando cleanup hoy, así que ya estamos. Ya estamos aquí ya. Yeah, we're here. Awesome. Love to hear it. All right, thank you very much, Young Hermes, and best of luck again with the walk-off walk last night to get the Padres that second win in a row and position them for the series sweep. That was the Cholula Hot Seat. Make sure to uncap real flavor with Cholula Hot Sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. I kind of like this not having Bill and Ben around. It'll be up to me if they come back when we come back after this on Padres Social Hour. Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour. Welcome on back here on this Sunday afternoon, Padres Social Hour edition between uh, Padres and Dodgers. <laughs> Padres and Dodgers later. Got all these kids screaming in my background here behind my ear. Got me all flustered. 8,000 little leaguers are out here parading today. That's a lot of kids, and you can probably hear them, I think, over our microphones. Back now, a couple of grown kids. It's Bill and Ben. Welcome. You guys finally made it. Right. Yeah, and thanks for allowing us back into the chairs, Mike. You, you, you yes. groveled and begged and pleaded during the commercial well, break. No, no, and no, I, like, I decided like Jan Harvis, I'm simply blessed to be back here doing my job and contributing to the Social Hour team. Right. Now, just to, to be full disclosure, this wasn't a Bob Scanlon situation where you guys were not here and we had to bring in Jan Harvis as a pinch hitter. You guys were here, but that was the only time he could come and do right. it. Again, he's hitting cleanup today and playing second base, so we oblige his schedule where we can. So you guys were here, and now you're back, and, and I'm happy. We even defer to, like, the number eight hitter. It doesn't even have to be the cleanup hitter. They show up. We're happy to stand up. So he, I mean, we talked about it with him, the, the walk-off walk last night. Very interesting ways to win two games. You have the Melvin Upton, the huge, amazing home run the night before to walk off, and then you have the one last night. Maybe not as exciting in the moment, but still well, thought, pretty exciting. I thought Melvin Upton had done it again. I, everybody did. Right, right. Uh, that's, but this ballpark, at times, like even Upton last night, when he was sitting by his, his uh, locker, he said, he said, Marine Lair, which has been a problem. <laughs> The Marine Lair has pushed balls down before. And so. it's funny because just on this show yesterday, Jesse Agler was, in, was here, and he was arguing that that's not a factor anymore. Petco isn't the Petco of old, and then we saw a couple times last night right. it still likes to break out the old tricks once in right. a while. Right, every once in a while. Balls at, at night, for some reason, don't carry here. Everyone was fooled. E- even Jesse on the radio call, and I say he was fooled probably less than everyone else. Andy Green said we thought that was way out from the right. dugout. Uh, Will Myers, who I had on the post-game show on radio last night, he was out on the base paths, and he, oh, I, I was sure the game was over. Uh, luckily, they were paying attention when the ball was actually caught by Trace Thompson out there and realized they weren't just trotting around right. bases at that time. No, right. Melvin's reaction was priceless, and Andy Green in his post-game uh, little press conference said literally everyone in the dugout from their vantage point right. thought, no doubter. But it worked out anyway because the Solarte with the walk – I loved it because we were talking to him about it. He literally steps out of the box, and still, you know, Sal couldn't find the strike zone. Uh, and that could have been called a strike autom- almost automatically. I mean, if you step out of the box and the, and the umpire does not take kindly to that usually, 
Yeah, so, but yeah. You, you can't do that in that situation, I don't he think. He stepped back, but he didn't step, step out. Right. Well, he stepped back. He put one foot out. And it's I'm sure that's what they're discussing there, that, uh, you know, what the heck. Right, yeah. No, I mean, it, it, that situation, if you – you can't, as an umpire, I think, inflict that rule at that, at that point. Absolutely. That's why you're there. I don't know. I, I would not have been able to pull the trigger on that call. Well, then you shouldn't be an umpire. Well, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> in some ways, though, and you, you talked about it not being as exciting as a walk-off home run, a walk-off walk, in some ways it's actually more difficult right. for a player. They all want to hit the walk-off home run. They're going up with an aggressive mindset. Hey, we've got runners on base. If I can bring one home, we're going to win the game. And it, they have to kind of suppress that against a pitcher who's having trouble finding the strike zone, uh, Chin Wei Sao in the 11th inning, and right. saying, you know what? I know I want to be aggressive here, but he's got to throw me a strike. And, you know, Derek Norris did a good job of that. Uh, Brett Wallace did a good job of that. And then, of course, Jan Hervis Solarte did a good job of suppressing that aggressive instinct to want to go up and swing, which could have gotten them in trouble. Well, he just missed on a couple pitches to Norris. He, just, he, he barely missed. But halfway through the, uh, the at-bat to Wallace, he completely lost the plate. And you really struggle. So Solarte went up there. That he wasn't going to swing. He wasn't swinging at the first pitch. He wasn't going to swing until there was a clear at strike. At anything until he right, saw a strike. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Young Hermes had the, the critical blow, or I guess lack thereof, the critical stroll uh, to first base. But someone that you mentioned, Ben, moments ago that you had on your postgame show last night was a man who delivered throughout the course of the night. And he's our hero of the game. It's Will Myers. Will, talking about strikeouts, I mean, it was strikeout Palooza last night, and we'll get to that here in a second, too, because let's not overlook that that's still a major problem for this team. He was the only man in the starting lineup to not strike out yesterday. Instead, ends up getting three hits, scoring a run, and again, critically, not striking out. A couple of stolen bases. I mean, he had himself a good game last night, and it's good to see that because he was slumping, and he may be peaks and valleys all year long, but when he's peaking, he's maybe the best bat on this team. I, I think... Going into the year, I thought that Will Myers is going to have a really good season if he stayed healthy. He stayed healthy. He's, he's solid. I, I like Will Myers a lot, three, especially what he's doing. Three hits is, uh, was 60% of the Padres' total hits last night. They only got five in 11 innings, and he had three of them. So he was able to have some success against Alex Wood, who was really good. I mean, I know Andy Green said, I'm tired of tipping yeah. the cap to the opposing pitchers. He was. 13 strikeouts in six innings. I don't care well, if you said I'm not tipping caps. You still tip your cap a little early bit. Early in the game, I thought the Padres had a lot of bad at-bats, which was really strange because right at the end they had really good at-bats. But early in the game, I thought they That has really a lot to do with the bad Dodger bullpen, too, I think. Right. And but I'll say this. Both of the sacrifice flies were really good at-bats. Matt Kemp right. and Alexi Amarista both had to battle you know, to get the ball out to the outfield, a productive out to bring those runs home. So I think that's what Andy Green's been looking for. He wants guys who are going to battle 0-2, foul off a couple of pitches. Alexi Amarista fouled off several pitches with two strikes until he got one that he could put into play deep enough to bring the tying run home in the seventh inning. If he hadn't done that, Potteries would have lost the game 2-1. to It would be a very different story. Not very true. And uh, Will Myers, again, with all his contributions throughout the night, being one of those guys who said before the game, maybe it's less about video and charts and we just have to compete in the batter's box. And he did last night, and maybe that's contagious. So it worked yesterday, and for that, Will Myers is our hero of the game. Hero of the game, brought to you by the Hero Program, a new way to upgrade your home to save energy and water. Visit HeroProgram.com to learn more. Let me ask you guys this, though, because, I mean, last night, 19 strikeouts combined for this offense. 
Uh, Randy Jones, who's here often, was here yesterday, is fond of a saying, if the personnel isn't getting it done, you got to change the personnel eventually. This team has been trying to cut down on the strikeouts all season long, and it's just not happening. Is it past the point of no return? Should we just get used to this being a team that's going to K a lot? Well, this team is going to strike out a lot, no question. But early in the game, I thought they really had some bad at-bats. I mean, Jay had some bad at-bats. Kemp had a couple really bad at-bats the first couple now, times. What, so. What's most alarming about those bad at-bats to you? What makes them stand out to you? Uh, that, you know, taking strike one, falling behind in the count, and then letting the pitcher dictate the at-bat. Uh, I have a good friend who used to be a scout named Dave Garcia, and his, his motto was never let a fastball hit the catcher's mitt. A lot of times last night they were taking fastballs for strike one, and I, I just don't like that. There's a chance that what is an otherwise competitive, pretty decent major league team, that this strikeout thing could be the fatal flaw for the Padres in 2016. I know they won the game last night despite striking out 19 times. It's just not going to happen that often. No. If you're not putting the ball into no. play, you're going to score one or two runs, and you're going to lose a lot of games that way. And this team doesn't have that margin for error. They need to be able to win. They need to go on a winning streak here. They need to put together five, six in a row, something we haven't seen from this team, if they want to stay competitive. Because, you know, when they run into a tough pitcher, they're going to, you know, they're going to lose here or there. And if they can't avoid these giant strikeout games that really make it hard to win, it could be the fatal flaw on this team. Yeah, I just feel like at this point, there hasn't been any sign of vast improvement if you're working at it for almost two months now i feel like we just have to get used to this right well and it's, it's that's certainly not a good thing because yeah they struggle and scuffle for runs as it is and this this doesn't help but i mean they've got they've got players with histories of strikeouts and i mean so players aren't going to change overnight but you do have to have better at bat it's one thing We're, if you're matt kemp and you've got double digit home runs and yeah you're swinging and you could go you know, for a, a home run at any time and you strike out. It's another thing when you've got guys who aren't really power hitters and they're striking out a lot. That really kills a lineup. Right. And their on-base percentage is not very good. That's the other. The, the, the on-base percentages is what really bothers me more than any. I mean, you, you're not drawing walks and you're striking out. You're falling behind in counts. I just don't, from a baseball perspective, I don't like how a lot of their hitters right now are setting up at bats. Yeah, I think those are, we each have our individual pet peeves with this team. For Ben, it sounds like the strikeouts. For you, it's not getting on base. And those kind of dovetail together. Uh, my thing all year has been not stringing hits together. Uh, these guys, we saw yesterday, the, the runs were tough to come by. They have been all season, and uh, they just don't have those seven-hit, three-run innings right. that a good offense has. Well, they're, they're last in the major leagues right now in hitting and on-base percentage. and I think That's not good. No, and leading <laughs> in strikeouts, and that's a, that is a fatal combination. No, yeah, not good at all. Um, before we head to break here, uh, Bill, I'm assuming you're not big into the Justin Timberlake oeuvre. You're not a big fan of his discography but they had the fireworks last night did you at least see the show the fireworks at all or were you no, busy working? i was down i was busy working ben you can't you missed I, was them too? At, I was at lolita's doing right. the post they were good the show, i liked so. them a lot i all saw right. them uh <laughs> they had a good time what we didn't have time for yesterday with randy believe it or not bill because we had so many people here was his famous fireworks game story and right. i'm glad you're here today because i would like you to tell that since we did not have time for it yesterday they set up a game on Saturday night, and I think it was 1977. Seven, yeah. it, was after, it was after his uh, Cy Young year. And they, they budgeted a huge fireworks show. They wanted Randy to pitch. And uh, they started the game a little bit early because they wanted a big crowd. It was a family night. 
and Randy went out, and the game ended. Randy had a great game, did everything that he was supposed to do, but the game ended in an hour and 39 minutes, and it wasn't dark. <laughs> and they had to have these 50,000 people sit around for like a half hour almost until it got dark. And Buzzy Vivesi went into the Padres clubhouse after the game and told Randy, you're never pitching on a fireworks night again. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, the Padres last night made up for it by playing two extra innings right. to really make really sure dark. it was dark. Right, yeah, right. No, it was great. Uh, yeah, awesome Randy story. We gave him a hard time about it after we went off the air yesterday, but did not have a chance to talk about it. So Jim I'm glad Cot you Jim had Cot that. Jim Cott of the Phillies was the opponent. Uh, that that wasn't that game. That wasn't that game? That wasn't. That the 89-minute that game? That was not the hour and 29-minute game. This oh, okay. was another one. I, this was a different one. Right, this was a different game. Yeah, Randy had plenty two-hour games. Yeah, right. they're easy to get confused. I, I was at together. I, I was at the fireworks game, and I, I remember the and that was not the two fact, different fast Randy right, games. Randy and I had talked about that. In fact, uh, in '76, Randy had uh, ten of his starts went in under an hour and forty-five minutes. I I literally I can't imagine. Right. It, it, it sounds like a for, different sport to me, like right. a foreign planet. Well, he would get the ball and he'd start. Into the, I mean, with nobody on base, he'd get the ball and he'd start into that rocking motion even as he was getting the sign. It was really right. something to watch. And no strikeouts either. So right. it's always balls in play and all that kind Ground of stuff. Ground balls. And, and you didn't really it. need to catch it as soon as it's the sinker. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's coming. Uh, we might get into that because uh, strike zone rules are now a uh, big talk in baseball right. these days. Might get into that here in a little bit. So make sure to stay tuned for a lovely and engaging conversation on that. But first, we're introducing the all-new Padres Flex Pass, the most flexible Padres tickets. You can purchase 8, 16, or 24 tickets with the flexibility to use them on your own terms. You choose which games and with how many people up to the last minute. Get your passes at Padres.com slash FlexPass. Those little leaguers just keep on coming, thousands of them, here on a beautiful Sunday. Padres Social Hour back right after this. You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park. Welcome on back here. Nice Sunday afternoon baseball. You know, it'd be even nicer for a sweep. The Padres, unfortunately, 0-4 in series uh, that were set up for a sweep in the last game. Right. Uh, the problem at the beginning of the year was Jordan Carruth, who was here on the show pretty much every time the Padres were gunning for a sweep. It didn't happen, so we axed him. Right, fired him. Yeah, and hopefully Ben Won't is, be uh, back. <laughs> I wouldn't say ever again, but oh. in fact he has been back in the time since, just not for you know final games of series. So we'll see if Ben has any better luck, uh, any it, better It does help that today. this time Clayton Kershaw is in pitching because right. the last time they were trying to sweep the Dodgers, they had to go up against Kershaw. Tall task. Which, by the way, since those three games at the start of the season, the three shutout losses to the Dodgers here, Padres have beaten the Dodgers four out of five games. The only one that they didn't win was the Kershaw game. And, and Ben's got an addendum to that. Since the opening series, the Padres have a better right. record. They're 19 and 22. The Dodgers are 18 and 23 since that series. Dodgers are a dysfunctional team. In very, very many ways, yeah. The bullpen, right. I think, is the lead worry right. for that fan base. But, but yeah, the, they are. But they got a lot of parts, and they just don't seem to fit. Right. They don't seem to be complementary. And not an easy task for a rookie manager either. We're no, seeing no. Andy Green have to deal with injuries and everything like that. But Dave Roberts, it's a lot of square pegs, round holes uh, issues right. for him, which is tough. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, why not? We talked about in the last segment the, the strike zone, and let's get into that because we haven't talked about it yet on the show this week. So the uh, Major League Baseball Competition Committee, 
So they propose these changes. Then right. the playing rules committee has to then uh, decide whether or not they will actually accept them. Uh, and the competition committee has two rules that it put forward that they would like to see addressed for next season. Number one, raising the strike zone, the bottom of it. Totally agree. From below the hollow of the knee, as the rule book states, to uh, the top of the knee. And then the second rule is getting rid of the traditional intentional walk. Hate that. Hate that. All right, so you already know Bill's short takes. We're going to get into it a little bit more extensively. Let us know what you think using hashtag PadresSH. Uh, which one do you want to tackle first? Strike I'm zone o- or I'm walks? okay with moving the strike zone up under one condition. What's that? We need to go to the electronic umpire strike zone. Well, we've said that for a couple of years. Yeah, right. and it, you, then, then you make it the best possible strike zone. It's not too low. If you ever went to an electronic strike zone, it can't be that low. If, if, if pitchers can hit that below the knee spot on the outside corner, I mean, that's unhittable well, every they, time. They're, they're, giving, they're giving pitchers strikes on balls that are right. way below the strike zone. So now they're, now they're trying to raise it. I don't think they're going to get it all the way up to the top of the knee. But they're gonna, what, I think what they're trying to say is stop calling those low pitches out of the strike zone. Yeah, it's basically a two-pronged thing. One, stop calling so many low strikes. Two, let's get more balls in play with more balls up in the zone. To me, like a strike zone, it's so subjective already anyway. As long as we don't have an electronic boundary, what does it really matter? Because an ump can say, oh, well, it looked like the knee to me or it looked like whatever to me. I think that's a a kind of a pointless, very subjective thing. We should have an electronic strike zone and if, or if an umpire gets a strike wrong, a little bit of electrical charge. <laughs> a shot collar right. around the neck. But we can't have games. I mean, last night, and, you know, I know it's a tough job, and Chris Guccione is doing his best. He was all over the place. It was, the, the strike zone was all over the map last night, right. and it's tough for the players. I mean, if you don't know, it's going to be a strike. Hey, you know, if you know a pitch a little bit outside is going to be a strike, you got to go up swinging. But when it's a strike half the time and it's not a strike the other half of the time, that, that's unfair to the players when they don't know what to expect. Does baseball have the worst officiating situation right now of the four major sports? Because every oh. night I'm seeing complaints on Twitter about strike right. zones and the replay and everything. Well, it all depends on what NBA you like because <laughs> they stopped calling. I love traveling. Right. They stopped <laughs> calling traveling about 20 years ago, and now you see guys take four or five steps on their way to the basket. I like that the NBA does at least the day after they go through and publicly reveal all the mistakes they made in the last two minutes. There's like a report. It's sometimes a page long with all the mistakes the officials made in the last two minutes of the game. And I don't think we've seen that transparency from Major League Baseball. Football's problems are different. Their rules are so complex and convoluted. That, I think, is the worst. And it's not the ref's fault there. I think the the NFL situation is just because no one knows what's going on. Is that a touchdown? Is it not not a catch? catch? That's That's not the official's fault. That's a a clarification of the rules that they haven't been able to get right. Interesting. All so right, intentional walk. Back to the, you, yeah. You hate, you hate the intentional walk rule? So now, this is basically the rule just to set the stage right. is instead of the old let's throw four pitches intentionally out of the strike zone, we're just going to make a signal and they get first base automatically. Again, it's to eliminate dead time. It's a, it's a very perfunctory point of the game, so might as well just make it a free pass literally. I, you don't like that? No, I don't like that for a couple of reasons. One, if a pitcher's throwing four wide, then he's got to make the adjustment coming back. And it's not always, it's just not as simple as it seems to come back to the strike zone. Plus, you never know, there could be a wild pitch, you could throw one away, and it changes, the, it, that could change the game. I think that just telling a guy to go to first base changes a lot about the game, and I don't like it. To me, the wild pitch on the intentional walk is something 
you'll see maybe once every five to ten years. That's fine. In Major League Baseball. You're and changing the game. So, and then you're having thousands of other intentional walks that are adding, you know, one to two minutes to the game every time it happens, which you're also, you don't need to add. And the games are creeping back up. Major League Baseball really had a push to shorten games right. a few years ago. And ever since then, they've been creeping longer and longer and longer. And now replay is part of that. But this is one way where you can start shaving off just a couple of minutes uh, you and shave, get that you back. You shave off less than a minute. You shave off. And plus, I mean, you, you never know what's – I mean, you're asking the pitcher to throw four more times. Okay, you know, that might change his pitch count, whatever. I just – I don't like changing the rudimentary – basics of the game. But I, I really don't. I'm with Ben on this one because I don't think it's a rudimentary basic. I think it's in a, if that's the case, have the catcher squat down, pitch around the batter. You're already intentionally saying we want nothing to do with you. Why not just say, you know what, if you were take gonna, first. If you were going to do what was strategically most advantageous to the pitcher, you'd just drill the guy in the first pitch and put him on first that way, but no sure. one wants that. Okay, but two nights ago when they intentionally walked Rosales and then he had trouble with the first couple pitches to Christian Friedrich, laid one in. I mean, he intentionally walks Rosales to face Christian Friedrich. And then he has trouble getting the pitch over to Friedrich, falls behind, Friedrich gets a hit. Yeah, but I don't think you have. You can look at it as the, all the ripple effects. I think the actual – what I'm looking at is Baseball the actual Baseball is motion. ripple effects. Yeah, but this is something so silly. You have to stand up and stand away five feet away to get the, the intentional walk. It's so – it's so useless. I've never really loved it. The it may affect walk. the pitcher, Bill. It may affect some pitchers and not other pitchers. Sure. But we really don't know if the pitch would have been one over to Friedrich if they hadn't intentionally walked the last batter or not. We just we don't know how the pitcher's going to affect. Some pitchers may pitch better I after know, throwing an intentional I walk. I know a lot of pitchers who, after an intentional walk, they, they do have a bit of a problem readjusting back to what they got to do. I don't know. I, I'd be totally fine. I would not miss it. One bit if they got rid of it. Uh, Andy Green yesterday addressed it. He said he was. You know what? Want then after either. a home run, you shouldn't have a runner go around the bases. You, why not? Because that delays the game. No, that's fun. Okay, if you, you, hit, can if do, you hit the ball out, then you get Bartolo Colon shots, and then you get. He's uh, a point. It, okay, you hit a home run, you don't have to run the bases, just go to the dugout. No, because the rule of the game is you have to touch every base. You're changing, to score. A, rule, you're changing a rule then on. Uh, okay. No, uh, uh, to walk, you just need four balls. You don't have to stand up and stand okay. five feet outside you hit, the batter's box. You hit a ball out, don't run the bases, just go back to the dugout. No, because that's the rule. You have to touch every base. There's no rule for walking a guy that you have to stand up and do the whole. Yeah, the rule says you've got to throw four wide. Yeah, they don't have to be super crazy all over the place. Okay. It's, so a, it's a valid they, point. They have an it's, a valid, okay. it's a valid so point, Bill. So stats, we're losing, walk we're losing walk time on intentional walk. We lose time when a guy hits a ball out that he takes time I will to say run this, the though. No, they got to get Every, the baseball back to the pitcher. they got to get the next guy up. Back. Everyone enjoys when their player is trotting around the bases after a home run. No one really enjoys watching the four wide ones and waiting for their player to go to first It's an base. appendix. So there is a difference. You can get rid of it. The game will be just fine. Nope. It'll go on. Nope. Let us know what you think. You guys are wrong. Hashtag Padres SH. If you Good want point, the intentional though, Bill. Walk, you really stuck it to him. I like going. that. <laughs> Bill's done this a couple times. Uh, <laughs> I say get rid of it. We don't need it. Uh, make sure to join Major League Baseball for the Color Run All-Star 5K presented by Nike July 10th at Waterfront Park. This 5K vacation brings an island-style experience full of fun music and, of course, vivid color. Register today at allstargame.com slash run and get $5 off with promo code PadresFan. 
We're going to come back. These little leaguers are never stopping. There's so many of them. We're back with more Padre Social Hour right after this. From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour. The Padres have not swept the Dodgers at Petco Park since September of 2010. Almost six years ago. It's a long time. They have a chance to do that today. But before then, we're back here in the AMR studio talking a little bit of everything. And the strike zone intentional walk, more the intentional walk uh, chatter last segment. It's got the Twitterverse clicking on this Sunday afternoon. Good. The tweets are coming in. Uh, so we got uh, Mike uh, Pichiota, I think. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, Mike. But at Hawk underscore pie. Says, uh, umps need to call the rule book strike zone, period. A rule change in the strike zone won't matter. Right. And stop trying to legislate strategy. Yeah, the strike zone, again, it's so subjective and it's just in the ether. It really depends on the umps. So whatever right. they make the rule, I think it's not that. Well, I, I just think that the rule should be call the strike zone and don't, don't call balls strikes. Yeah, and we may not get that until we get electronic right. zones or electronic right. And I mentioned this before. You don't need a big red light, green light, whatever, if it's a strike or a ball. The home plate umpire can just have like a little buzzer on his side, and when the ball crosses that zone, it like vibrates, and he knows for sure it's a strike. And now he doesn't have to worry right. about making those tough calls either. Or one of these, and one of these things in your ear where it just goes ping if it's a strike, and you call a strike. Right. Or, or it's just blooper's voice, like it is in our ears. Right. Yeah. Ball, strike, ball, right. strike. <laughs> just like, oh, can you ball, imagine? Strike. We want to make the game better, not worse. Ball. I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> with that, you'd want to make the right call. Uh, yes, 100 percent of the time. Uh, Mike sent a second tweet in, and he says about the intentional walks, dude, stop to me. Intentional walk needs to be left alone. You and Higgins are dead wrong. So you, right. you're building an army, Bill. Uh, Tom Hughes says, uh, best of both worlds, a one-pitch intentional walk. So you trim it down, but you still have to do the some kind of nah. measure. No, you say no, all the way. All and the you've got to bounce it, and it's got to land. No. All right, off the <laughs> scoreboard, <laughs> over the seats. Uh, our old buddy Ed says uh, it's time for robo umps and for ball on balls and strikes. Many umps may be consistent. Intentional walks need to stay. So we're seeing a lot. Uh, but now I'm seeing more tweets come in. Uh, our buddy Grimm says he understands your point, Bill, but agrees the free pass seems pointless. He won't miss it. Then we have David Padron saying he's old school. He likes making the pitcher throw all four balls. Absolutely. So I think people are pretty, pretty divided on this because right. it, it can go both ways. I, I think. want him out there throwing all four balls, reeling another, realizing another guy is going to be on base. I think the time, that time works against the pitcher. Aren't we trying to protect arms anyway? Aren't there enough arm injuries? Why not lessen hey, the load that, by four that pitches I don't every care time? About because right. those are not high-stress pitches. That's just a lob. Because is this against the rules? Can you bring in like the shortstop to throw the intentional walk and then just switch the? You pitcher? could. Yeah, you could do that, right? Yeah, but that's what you'd want to do is have somebody who's not <laughs> used to working on the mound. Then we'd see some wild right. pitches. That would be fun. No, right. Think about that. Someone like Christian Bethencourt who wants to get on the mound. It's a no pressure situation. Just throw some strikes. Only you know five feet off the plate. That's have, all. Have you? Okay, have you ever thrown from the mound when you? Well, have have you, like the first ceremony. I'm not a major leaguer. That's, that's basically like saying the ceremonial first pitch guy right, right. is coming in. No, to throw. but those guys are not professionals. These <laughs> yeah. guys, a shortstop knows how to throw from short to first. He can throw from the mound to the that's catcher. That's from flat ground. There's a big difference throwing from the mound. And we're trying seen, to throw strikes. They're intentionally. Trying I mean, to we've seen the catchers in the past who can right. throw it on a line to second base, but all of a sudden have trouble throwing it back to the pitcher in the mound. It gets in your head, mental little thing. So yeah. 
I don't That's know. That's a great idea, Mike. I think, hey, <laughs> I'll let you keep the four intentional pitches outside if you let me have someone else beside the pitcher throw them. I'd love to, you know, if I were a hitter, I'd love to see somebody come in there from another position to throw the four intentional walk because there's also the possibility that he wouldn't, he might throw one over the plate. I think we should have the San Diego chicken come in and throw the four wide ones. That would be entertaining. Well, that, that's very, that'll stay before the game. That'll right. be very ceremonial uh, indeed. Um, no, I mean, I think it's uh, whatever. We can keep it going. But, again, let us know what you think. Because to me, I mean, I, I'm not going to miss it. If they keep it, fine, whatever. But uh, to me, it's like if it's gone, no big deal. I think walked out on that plank. I'm It'll happy be to very hard turning around. I'm happy to back. sit on that plank. I mean, if they get rid of it, well, I'm all for it. It's, hey, I, it's all good. I, I appreciate Bill, you know, and his old school perspective. But remember, this isn't some you know idea that's coming from out there. The fans. This is the competition committee right. that has discussed it and decided right. that it's, it's in the best it. interest of baseball. So they're wrong. <laughs> the interesting thing is the players don't have to approve this. The union does not have to approve this rule change, so they can just say, "Hey, this is in." in play now and the players right. got to deal with it next year uh, is there any other is there a rule you would like to see change for pace of play pace of action to speed up oh yeah there's definitely oh. one that i would like to change i am tired of the phone call on the replay back right. to the clubhouse so they can look at it a couple of times before you decide you, to challenge you make the call immediately or you don't get right the away you got like in 10 fact, seconds the first year that rule was in i remember bud black waited to make the call and the umpire told him you've waited too long this waiting, looking in the dugout, waiting for the manager. If you can't make the call right away, if you don't have confidence in what your guy is telling you on the field, you shouldn't be allowed to make the and it really It should be for right. the egregious mistakes. Right. You know, umpires, the human element I'm okay with when it's a close bang-bang call. They see what they see. But this, and, yeah. Yeah, and if it's too close to challenge, then you can't challenge right. it. But when the man, you know, guys know, managers know in the dugout, players know when a call is definitely wrong, when you definitely beat it out at first and you were called out, right away you but just raise a, your hand and you challenge. That's, that's, that's a problem with them. the system because right. you're giving guys the chance. You might as well use the replay if you haven't right. used it or you're going to burn it. Why that not? Is, that is delaying the game. Having guys, I mean, they say, oh, yeah, we're not letting guys step out. Guys still step out. Adjust That's my number one got. thing, and I was watching during the Brewer series. Right. Jonathan Lucroy, after every pitch, out right. of the box, readjust all this. Right. Stay in. I, that's my rule. Right. If you're a hitter, stay in the box. Right. I still make your see players. Do that. I, Will Myers did it the other day, where he started to step out, and you see them remember. Oop. Yeah. I, I'm not allowed to step out again. He steps back but in. But the quickly. umps never enforce they it. Right. The, they let the these guys do whatever the they want. The umpires don't enforce that. And the other thing, I mean, I know that clubs need revenue and everything, and they always talk about what's taking these games so long. I remember when in between innings was one minute and they came back. You made your nine. Now I don't know what it is. It's got to be two minutes between innings, even more than that. 225, isn't that the clock that they, yeah, they have yeah, in all the stadiums? That's right, yeah. 225. It is, you're right, Ben, I'm sorry. 225. Used to be a minute. Yeah, so, but you can't do that. Yeah, now. we're not going. There's oh, too, oh, there's see, too much right. money. There's okay, too much there's, money involved. So baseball's making all, oh, you can't take time away there, but we got to, no. That's business. It's 2016, Okay, Bill. but that's making the game longer, too. But, yeah, well, that's not going to change. The, you have to change the game itself. Everything that's going on, you're not going to lose stadium naming rights. You're not no. going to lose college bowl but game I'm naming rights. That that's just the li world we live in. Right, but everybody points to all these things of why the game is longer. Well, the time those are things between we can change. innings is also longer. So the clubs have to take some – yes. I mean, it's not going to change, but the clubs have to say we're part of the problem. 
they'll, they'll never admit it, and even if no. they do, they'll never change it. It's just we got to get used to that. It's the world we're in. Uh, cash rules everything around me. All right, the Padres are hosting a series of summer baseball camps across San Diego County for boys and girls ages 5 through 12. The camps are designed to enrich the lives of children through professional instruction, character development, and a unique major league experience that creates lasting memories. To register, visit Padres.com slash play ball. We promise our break won't be too long. We'll be right back after this to talk today's lineup on Padres Social Hour. We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store. Yep, that's us, Bill and Ben. I am Mike, and today the Padres going for that sweep, and the lineup today with Yanghero Solarte back and uh, the Cavalry returning finally starting to look a little bit like what we were hoping to see earlier in the year. Let's get to it. Presented by United Airlines, proud sponsor of the Padres. So John Jay leading off in center field and Will Myers at first base. Matt Kemp in right. There is Solarte, as we mentioned at the top of the program, in the cleanup spot playing second base. Melvin Upton Jr. in left. Brett Wallace at third. Christian Bethencourt has been swinging a hot and powerful bat as catching today with Alexi Amarista at shortstop batting eighth, giving Alexei Ramirez a day off and Colin Ray pitching. So we're seeing some interesting stuff there. And right. we're seeing Andy Green now have some more toys to play with, which is nice for him. Right. I was wondering last before he had the, the three-hit game last night, if on Sunday that we would have seen – I was thinking give Myers the day off before he had the three-hit game, have Wallace at first and, and uh, Solarte at third. Interesting. No, now with uh, right. between Amarista and Solarte, who can now play second base too, Andy Green says right. a lot more mixing and matching. I'm sure. Right. I'm sure and we'll Ramirez see. really could use a day. Oh uh, yeah, he yeah. of all people, he's been the one right. stalwart, which is. I for a Sunday great. lineup though, I like today's lineup, and I, you want to sweep the Dodgers. You gotta you gotta finish off some of these right. sweeps if you're gonna if you're gonna get into this race. You gotta finish these sweeps. Winning series is good, but it it's not good enough when you have a chance for I'd a love sweep. It. Love it if the Padres won this game and then all those Dodger fans like had a four-hour drive back <laughs> to L.A. Bill's going to go out there and just stop traffic. That's happening either yeah, way. Yeah, so. It's right. going to be great. <laughs> exactly. um, all right, well, you know what time it is now with our uh, lineup in place. It's time for the Supercuts Head-to-Head Challenge. I know because Blooper's shaking over there. Terrified. You know why? Because Ben, the Terminator <laughs> Higgins, has the best record against Blooper this year. Blooper had to win again yesterday, so he his record now is what twenty and fourteen. Yes, twenty and fourteen. He's been on fire, but Ben Higgins is the only man who has had Blooper's number this year. Five and one is your record in this, Ben. Uh, interestingly, Bill, who's sitting I'm, here on the I'm couch, is zero and three. Right. So you're looking at the most successful and the least successful. Players in this game <laughs> against Blooper this Bill's year. Bill's the least successful against me. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> Only a matter of time. All right, today's first pick goes to you too, Ben, so you get the advantage. Who will be making the most positive impact in today's game? Uh, this is the easiest pick I've made all year long. He was sitting right there a little while ago. Walk off, walk. Got to be Yan Hervis Salarte back in the starting lineup and betting cleanup. I like it. Blooper, how are you going to answer that? I'm going to answer with uh, Bethencourt. I like that. You had him uh, three nights ago, and he got himself a little knock yep. the night he was on the show, right? Yep. All nice. or nothing. 450-foot home right. run, or I'm winning. And, Bill, anything to say for your, your subpar performance so no. far in this uh, contest? It is what it is. You like my pick, though, right? So yeah. Today? Yeah. 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 It is what it is. If it makes you feel any better, Jesse, who was on the show yesterday, was also the one who lost yesterday. He's also 0-3. So, you guys, misery loves company. Okay. 
a couple of good guys there at the bottom of the standings. Uh, at Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail. The cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find the Supercuts near you at supercuts.com. The folks are filling in here at Petco on a Sunday afternoon. We're back to wrap things up on Padre Social Hour. Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padres Social Hour. Welcome back. We're heading toward the finish line here on Padres Social Hour, ahead of the 140 first pitch between Kenta Maeda, who uh, after that meteoric start, and as we saw at the beginning of the season here, now back down to earth a little bit, and Colin Ray, who's looking to get back on the right track after a couple of rough outings of his own. Uh, during the commercial break, Bill, Ben called himself the Clayton Kershaw of Padres Social Hour. Do you have any, any other comparisons, I think, that would be better, uh, better uh, fitting? You know what? I, I give Ben high marks, you know. But uh, other than that, could care less. <laughs> <laughs> That's going in an open, by the way, a future open. I like. I hope. <laughs> hopefully tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow at uh, we go back at 5:30. It's Randy Jones and Jordan Carruth. You won't be here for your buddy Nick Canepa, who swings by every Monday. Any words uh, you want to leave for him? Any messages? No, I just know if he's here, the grades are going to be wrong. So <laughs> I like you it. Know, there is a great consistency in Nick, and it's usually wrong. Right. It's like a, with the umpires, right? If you yeah. want to call it that yeah. strike zone, just make yeah. it consistent. That's what Nick does, right? Uh, again, it's 5.30 tomorrow. Randy Jones and Jordan Carruth swinging by. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, Ben. Thanks to Young Hair for Solarte for swinging by as well. Thank and you, Blooper, Mike. Cooper, nice job. You were here late last night doing the post game. Thank you, Mike. Back here today for the pregame. And hopefully that blooper in the ear thing doesn't work uh, right. anymore. Yeah, the ball strike's well, not going to happen. Right. Thanks for watching, Padre oh, Social. Right.